Just a second. Need to set up the laptop. But good evening to all of you. Thank you again for the invite. Uh, it's a joy to be with you this evening. Before I get into the message, just wanted to talk a little bit about our range from two to about seventy. So we're 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 a very wide-ranging age group, and we uh, right now are continuing to do uh, Saturday Korean school. And so my sisters and I, we teach along with my mom and another sister at our church. Uh, but our Korean isn't the greatest, so we are thinking about transitioning to Awana. Uh, we <laughs> it would be a lot easier for us to preach the gospel during Awana, obviously. And uh, we felt like at Korean school, we were very limited. We had about 20 minutes to give a Bible story, and the rest was basically teaching them Korean and uh, doing other activities together. Nice. Okay. So if you could please pray for us uh, as we try and transition to the Iwana program. Uh, we would love to learn from you as well. I heard you guys have a great program here. So we will be hoping to talk and see how you guys do things. Um, a little bit about myself. My name is Sam Yoon. I've met some of you from Yosemite and from the discipleship program. Uh, that is where I've met quite a few of the brothers here, and we've had a couple of the brothers speaking at our church as well, so it is a privilege to be here. Uh, so this evening I wanted to go through 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 14 through 21. Uh, I, I made a very simple title, In Christ, and I hope that that is what we take away from this evening. So before we start, can we pray again really quick? Uh, Lord, we thank you again for this evening. Thank you for uh, the gift of your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, and for the great reminder we had this morning uh, through the bread and the cup and the sacrifice that you made for each one of us, uh, dying on the cross so that we may have new life in you. Uh, we pray that as we continue to uh, dwell on who you are and how much you love us, uh, that you would be uh, working in our hearts to uh, imitate your son well, and that you would use, use your servant to uh, speak the truth of your word in love. Uh, we thank you again for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So a little background. Our church actually finished up 2 Corinthians uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, so this was my passage a couple months ago, and I, I had to go through the whole chapter, so it was a little more difficult, so I narrowed it down to about eight verses, uh, so we can go into a little bit more detail. But a little background of 2 Corinthians, uh, for Paul, he was writing and sending, or after he wrote the first letter to the Corinthians, out of his love for the saints there, he wanted to, sh to know how they had reacted to that first letter. Uh, so he sent Titus to Corinth, because he was not able to go while he was ministering in Asia Minor. Uh, knowing that Titus would be able to give him a report, uh, they were finally able to meet later in Macedonia, 
and Titus described these three main things that were uh, happening in the church there. The three things were uh, the disciplined saint. So the saint that had been sinning, the brother that had been sinning, uh, had, re- had uh, resulted in his spiritual recovery. And number two was that no money was sent to Jerusalem. They had said that they were going to send money to the needy saints in Jerusalem, but they never did. And the third thing was that the false teachers were active in Corinth, undermining the apostles' work and questioning his authority as a servant of Christ. So 2 Corinthians 5 brings us into a section where Paul is describing uh, and explaining the ministry that they had in Christ. So let's read it really quick. Uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 14 through 21, for the love of Christ controls us because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh. We regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So three things I'd like to go over. Uh, today as we go through the passage. Number one is who we are in Christ. Thanks. Number two, what he has called us to. And number three, how to live out his calling. So number one, who we are in Christ. Uh, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. As I was reading this passage, I realized in Christ is the key to understanding who we are as Christians. In Christ alone are we made new, but this newness isn't about uh, living a perfect sinless life. Uh, We know as believers we fail at that each day. Uh, This newness is rather about the position we have in Christ, not the practice. We are now identified as his. As believers, Christ calls us his own. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 says, But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we are dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. We can never earn our way to salvation. It's only by grace that we have been saved through faith in Christ's death for us. Uh, But now being identified in him as his means that we no longer identify with the old self. It must pass away, and that too can only be done in Christ. As we put our faith in him, our old self has passed away and has died with Christ on the cross. Our debt has been paid, so in Christ we have been raised to a new life in him. And through the victory he had over the grave, we too are no longer bound by sin and death. So verse 18, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself. Again, nothing that we do can ever earn our salvation. 
Uh, all this is from God. God is the one who placed that perfect plan into our life uh, and has given us salvation through his son, the Lord Jesus. Uh, in Christ, we have been made new, given an identity in him, and it is through Christ that we have been reconciled back to himself. Uh, God is the one who has restored us back into a relationship with him. So too often, I feel like I'm living my life like this. Please let me explain. So we have God as this big circle, Christ is the cross, and me is the smiley face. Thinking that God has given me my salvation, uh, has created me new, but now I feel like I can do it on my own. If I need help, I can ask Christ. Uh, when I need something for him to do, then I can go to him. But in so many places, in so many moments in my life, I like to keep my life separate from his. Uh, it's like we live in separate worlds, and I only want to give the Lord a part of mine. But he desires to come and give me all of him, all of who he is. Uh, it, but instead, I tell him, Lord, I'm not ready to give up that part yet. Uh, you shouldn't go to this part of my world because it's not ready to be made new. I still like it the way it is. I like the way my life is now. So if if we truly say that we believe these things, that Christ is the one who is to take over our life as believers, I think it would look a little bit more like this. Christ comes to us as we are. As we place our faith in him, he's willing to give us all of who he is. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. If we say we are Christians, then it is all about Christ. And as we abide in Christ, we are able to live with our Heavenly Father as well, uh, that our lives would be lived out according to his will. Uh, so intimacy was brought up quite a bit this camp at Yosemite, and that is always possible for us as long as we are in Christ. God wants us to enjoy all of who he is and the life that he freely gives to us as his children. 1 Corinthians uh, 30 or 130 through 31 says, But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that as it is written, he who glories, let him glory in the Lord. In Christ we're given wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That wisdom comes through the studying of God's word, prayer, and fellowship with the saints. Uh, it leads to our sanctification as we learn to please him in all that we do. So again, it starts with our new position in Christ. But in and through a relationship with him, uh, our practices become more Christ-like as well. Uh, it really is all about the Lord now that we no longer boast in ourselves, but in him alone. Uh, we recently met together uh, with some of the guys from the discipleship program and we've confessed to one another how, how much we need uh, to abide in God's wisdom and how much we need to continue to study his word. Uh, and we know that if we don't do that, uh, we will never grow in him. And so we challenge, we challenge one another to uh, study his word, uh, to grow more Christ-like so that people can see uh, more of Christ through us. I think that knowing Christ is so important for the next couple things. The next, the next two things 
that we're going to go over is what he has called us to and how we are to live that out. Uh, if we're not doing those things in Christ, then it's going to be a long, hard road, and we'll end up giving up because we're trying to do it on our own. But if we can remember daily the salvation that we have been given, that he has made us his and brought us back into an intimate relationship with him, then it will be the Lord who will sustain us and carry us through the life that we are to live for him. So number two, what he has called us to, uh, starting with verse 15, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Uh, end of 18 says, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, 19 through 20, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So God has called us to live a life for him, to tell others what he has done for me, to do what he has done for us. I often forget the cost of my salvation, that when I was saved, it really was through tears because of my fear of death. But now I'm just too comfortable I'm too content in continuing to live my life the way I do. Uh, I have been convicted lately of this, and uh, the Lord has, has had me look back to my first love, the first, first salva day of salvation in my life, so that I can remember how much the Lord loves me, how much he cares for me, and that is given in the example of giving his son to die on the cross for our sins so that I might have a new life in him. And our lives, my life, needs to be centered around the truth of the gospel. It is who we are. It's who we are in Christ that will matter in the end. So everyone will be called to serve the Lord in different ways. Uh, our family has been praying about how we can best serve the community in Koreatown. And part of our request has been to move closer to our church, which is in Koreatown. Uh, so that we can be near some of the other saints and to the other Koreans in the community. Uh, so for myself, I, had finally I finally received my credential and my teaching credential and became eligible to apply to jobs at LAUSD this past year. Uh, I had been praying for a job in Koreatown so that I could meet other Korean teachers, uh, staff, students. Uh, so I went to one of the LAUSD job fairs uh, and my first interview was with the principal at Virgil Middle School. He and I are talking and he's asking the normal questions. Uh, and I think he felt pretty good about my responses, so he got straight to the point. He said, I really like you because you're a new teacher. And new teachers are still passionate about teaching and not quite burned out yet. <laughs> but at the same time, you don't have much experience, obviously, because I'm a new teacher. So I can't hire you on the spot, but I'd like for you to come in and meet your partner teacher. We're looking for a male teacher uh, who can work with Mr. Park. If you guys don't know Korean culture, uh, Mr. Park is a very popular Korean last name. So <laughs> he wanted to create a good environment for our students together. Uh, so we scheduled an appointment together and met with that other teacher. Uh, the meeting went well, and afterwards, we're just hanging out, uh, and Mr. Park and I, and we end up talking for over an hour. Uh, in that hour, he basically tells me his whole life story, and as we get ready to go, he tells me, I like you, Samuel. If you want the job, it's yours. I'll just tell them I really like you and that you're a very good teacher, even though we've never worked together before. 
Uh, so I go through a demo lesson that next week and get hired for this next school year. And then I come to find out that the principal is actually trying to hire more Korean teachers uh, so that they can bring in, attract more Korean students. Uh, this school, uh, most of the students are Hispanic and uh, there's a couple of, or there's a few African Americans as well. And his thinking is if I can get good students into the school, I can raise the test scores and get more funds for the school as well. So he's thinking, but he doesn't know God has a plan. I think at the same time though, uh, there is now one Korean assistant principal and then there's five Korean teachers now. I think five or six. Uh, three or four just being hired for this school year. So the Lord has answered my prayer and it is getting very real. I asked him for Korean souls. So he said, all right, you be my representative. Uh, you be my messenger. I will make my appeal through you. Uh, you go and tell these people and show them how much I've done for you, uh, how, how much I love them. So I'm continuing to pray for the teachers that I met and some of the staff members that I would love them and care for them, especially in this next school year, as God has called me to represent him. And so we represent Christ in and through our lives. We act as a representative in Christ for his kingdom. God is making his appeal or pleading earnestly through us. Uh, we ourselves are begging all to come to Christ. Uh, we carry the message of being restored, being brought back, fixed, fixing the broken relationship uh, only through Christ. If we say that we are Christians, then in all moments of our lives, we should be representing what Christ has done for us and who he is. Uh, there needs to be more of him and less of us every day. The message is very simple, uh, but living it out is the hard part. I can't stress enough, but it can only be done in Christ. So number three, how to live out his calling. Verse 14 says, For the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. Only through the love of Christ. Uh, you can try and live out your Christian life with your own willpower, with your own passions, with your own love for people, and you may last longer than most, uh, but you will eventually fail. Our love is so conditional. Uh, we as humans know this, and we have seen already uh, the salvation that we have been given, uh, and that, that, it, that, that Christ's love is eternal. Uh, that he was willing to die for sinners such as you and I to bring us back to a loving relationship with him. His love for us will never fail, and we'll be able to see that at each day as long as we do all things in Christ. So my siblings and I went to Yosemite for the first time, and we loved it. Uh, it was a great week. Uh, I think more than just the scenery, more than the hikes and being able to get away from normal life for a week, it truly was because of the love and encouragement we received from all the saints. Uh, my sisters and I had a lot of time together because we didn't take bikes and everyone else was riding them. So we were constantly walking and talking uh, about how nice everyone was and all the encouragement we were able to receive. Uh, the incredible hospitality we were shown by the Dixons, the food that they prepared for us, uh, the meals from the other campers, uh, both speakers and their wives constantly loving on people each day after every message. Uh, I think after every morning session, I noticed that they were always fellowshipping with people, 
always praying with them for at least an hour. And then they would go, uh, like, like the schedule says, they had the meals planned out with the other families. They met with them uh, during free time. After the night meetings, they were really pouring themselves out uh, for, the, for the Lord, and the love of Christ really showed through them. Uh, all those things could only be done through the love of Christ and being in him. So from verse 16, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Because the love of Christ controls us uh, or compels us, we do not judge anyone according to their sinful humanity, uh, their appearance, their human credentials. We see them as Christ sees them. Uh, we see them as precious souls whom he died for. We are to love them as Christ loved them. I've already told a few people this, but I'm very judgmental. I have placed myself much too high in my pride. But if we want to see others, how Christ sees them, uh, this was such a great reminder that each day I look to how much Christ loves us, how much he loved us first, how much he was willing to give for us. And that was everything. He did not withhold even his own son. So I'd like to close out with uh, this chapter out of Mark, one of my favorite passages. Uh, Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. So they came to the other side of the sea, to the country of the Gerasenes. And when Jesus had stepped out of the boat, immediately... There met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him any more, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart, and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. And when Je he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and fell down before him, and crying out with a loud voice, he said, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I adjure you by God, do not torment me. For he was saying to him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And Jesus asked him, What is your name? He replied, he replied My name is Legion, for we are many. And he begged him earnestly not to send them out of the country. Now a great herd of pigs was feeding there on the hillside, and they begged him, saying, Send us to the pigs, let us enter them. So he gave them permission, and the unclean spirits came out and entered the pigs, and the herd, numbering about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the sea. The herdsmen fled and told it in the city and in the country, and people came to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the demon-possessed man, the one who had had the legion sitting there, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. And those who had seen it described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs. And they began to beg Jesus to depart from their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been possessed with demons begged him that he might be with him. And he did not permit him, but said to him, Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and everyone marveled.
Interestingly, all three of Legion, the people, and the man end up begging to the Lord. Legion is begging out of the fear of torment. Uh, the demons knew who Jesus was, but they had already rejected him as Lord and knew the punishment that was to come. Uh, the people were begging the Lord to leave because of their fear of change. They saw what had happened to the pigs. Uh, they saw what happened to the man, that he was in his right mind, but they were afraid. They saw what the Lord had done and could do, but did not want that for their own lives. And then finally, the man is begging the Lord that he might be with him. We don't know exactly what he said, but I can only imagine the longing he had to be with the Savior. Lord, let me come with you. I want to be with you, Lord. Can't I just follow you? I don't want to be here anymore. Saying these things maybe with tears in his eyes because of how grateful he is that the Lord had saved him. His life had been changed forever, and he knew it was all because of Christ. So as, as we've uh, been able to have breaking of bread, as we've been able to hear from Mark, as we've been able to hear a little bit out of 1 Corinthians, what is our response to the Lord today? Is he still the one that we long for, the one who we are so grateful for, for giving us new life? Honestly, we're just like the demon-possessed man, trapped by our own sins, enemies of the Lord, uh, yet he came to save us through the death on the cross. We need to remember that we always need Christ in every moment of our lives, that only in him can we live a life worthy of our calling. In verse 19, you really feel for the man here. After all the begging, Jesus tells him, no, it's not time yet, but instructs him instead, go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And he went away and began to proclaim in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And everyone marveled. Out of his grateful heart, out of his changed life and love for the Lord, he went and told others about what Christ had done for him. He probably showed them his cuts, his bruises on his wrists, convincing everyone, maybe even by screaming at the top of his lungs, that he was the one crying out day and night in the tombs, that that was really me. But Christ came and saved me. He rescued me from those tombs, from my bondage, and now I stand here free before you. Our lives should look the same. We long to be with our Savior, but until he calls us home, uh, we go and tell our friends how much the Lord has done for me. Our message is all about Christ and the salvation that we have in him, uh, that in Christ we are made new, we are made his. In Christ, we have been brought back into a relationship with our Heavenly Father. And now in Christ, we can live for him and tell others how much he loves us and cares for us and pray that in Christ uh, we would be like this man and show through our lives how great our Lord is. Uh, let's pray. Lord, we thank you again for giving us your son, the Lord Jesus Christ, um, that he would not withhold even himself but humbly go uh, being obedient to the point of death, death on the cross for our sins. Uh, Lord, we pray that uh, through this love uh, that you've given to us so freely, uh, we, we too would respond with our lives. Uh, 
Lord, we say we love you. We say uh, we are followers of Christ, uh, yet many times uh, we fail to show others uh, through our actions and through our words these things. Uh, pray that we would be a people who uh, are fully devoted to you, that we would abide in that love. Uh, we would abide in our Heavenly Father and in the Savior who has given us himself. Lord, we pray that uh, you would continue to work in each one of us, uh, that you would mold us and shape us into the men and women you've called us to be. Uh, we thank you again for uh, just the opportunity to be in you, Lord, uh, that we would uh, know you more, that we would know you better each day so that we can uh, learn to love you well and through that love learn to love those around us. Uh, we thank you again for uh, dying on the cross for our sins. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.